0: Hello podcast listeners. Now normally I wouldn't do a back-to-back episode. Um, Well, I've never done a back-to-back episode. So this is a first. Sorry, I have to call. (coughs) Um, But there's a lot about EverQuest that I, I wanted to lay down as like groundwork for talking about it in the future. And I felt it was important that you have some kind of understanding if you haven't ever played or if I use terminology I apologize if it is something like you've never heard before um, so I'll try to I'll try to clarify I'm going to try not to repeat myself a bunch of times um, so I was explaining that you fight you fight these mobs uh, and that they have a bunch of different sound files. I'll insert some clips of some of the attacks. When you're attacking animals, they have basically uh, four sounds that they make. There's an idle sound when they're just there nearby, you can hear them like rummaging around. There's the sound of an attack, so it's usually them yelling or, you know, aggra- an aggressive sound. There's the sound of them dying, which is painful for some like a wolf sounds horrible when it dies um, and there's there's another sound it's it's a it's kind of like the idol it's not really doing anything it's just moving around so most most of the critters in the games have sounds like that, which the sound designers must have taken from. Uh, actual sounds, actual animals, and just, you know, converted them into sound files for the game. Like I said, I've heard the sound files more than once. Sounds of pigs sound exactly like the pigs in EverQuest, so I don't know where they picked that up or if they stole the sound from EverQuest when they need to use a pig sound. <coughs> um, there were There were some... Monsters in the world of EverQuest that are similar to what we know as real critters. And then there's some that are um, definitely mythological uh, or not part of any reality that we've ever experienced. <clears throat> there were the Clacknacks, which are basically spiders that come out at night. They have a glow to them, and when you kill them, very early on when you when you get an opportunity... To get any kind of light source, you start with a torch, but a clacknack eye actually gave like a viewable red hue off of it. And you could see pretty far, uh, even better than a torch would. So that's something that's truly bizarre. And animals, although and this has been a running joke forever in many video games... When you kill a critter, there's not always every part of that critter available as loot. So you'll kill a clacknack and you'll get an antenna or a leg or an eye or maybe sometimes an eye and a leg and you'd get a bag. Uh, Sometimes they would have leftover loot because if you're high enough level and you're not attacked by them, higher level... People could come in and put items on them and they would be in their inventory and you would kill them and go to loot them and you'd get all this garbage, which was really funny because you're limited on space. There was a time when I was trying to transport um, some items to somebody else. I think there were blocks of clay. The clay was extremely heavy. I was strong so I could carry these blocks of clay but I could only carry a few, and if you got overburdened, meaning you were like within one or two points of your strength the highest part of your strength, or over your strength level, you would go from running to walking. nobody walked anywhere, everybody ran. I don't even know why walk was ever a feature. everybody ran everywhere uh running in terms of what you and I think of running was walking in the in the game. I mean, it was just, running was not a super fast way to travel. If you were overburdened, you went from running to walking speed. <clears throat> if you were walking, you didn't move at all. Um, if you got even more overburdened, if you picked something else along the way or you got attacked, you couldn't run away fast enough. It was really dangerous to run around overburdened. And there were spells people could cast on you to get you back up to normal running speed. So uh, if you have that ability, you either depended upon a potion or somebody following you that could cast the ability to move faster on you. <clears throat> One of the, the... Or a strength spell on you. Another way to move around the game was a spell that I think... And remembering correctly, only druids and shaman had, which was called sow, or some people said so. It's uh, spirit of the wolf, and they would cast it on you, and you could run, and you could it, you could run a lot faster. Um, it, it's it was one of those things that became highly useful to either have or get cast on you, and sometimes there would be people that would just run by you, and a shaman would cast sow on you as they were running by, and it, you would all of a sudden realize, whoa, I'm so much faster. <sighs> that was a pretty, uh, pretty incredible uh, thing of the game. Of course, there was another speed uh, buff that you could get on. A buff is any kind of spell that's cast on you that benefits you, a beneficial buff. One of the buffs that could be cast on you was uh, a bard could play uh, a song that would make you run fast. Now, the only problem is you had to stay within range of the bard, and they they actually had items in the game specifically for bard to allow you to run even faster. So there was a there was a uh item they could get called drums of the beast and drums of the beast would allow you to run faster and they would play the drums still you had to stay in range so there was this one time where a friend of mine who i will talk about eventually uh his name is tim he had a bard he played the bard better than anybody i knew he he knew a lot about his class it's pretty much the only character he ever played in EverQuest. And he was casting the the drums of the beast. He was playing his speed running song. We could all follow each other. So I was with my cousins, and Tim is in the front leading us, and we're all on auto-follow behind him. And it, it looks really weird. It, we it, You kind of move like a snake. So you don't stay like on top of him. You stay a little bit further back. So everybody's a little bit further. So it's like 10 feet, 10 feet, 10 feet between each of us. And as long as you stay close to the person behind, as long as you stay close to that person, you stayed in the line. If you if the line got too strung out, you would fall behind and you would lose the barred speed song and you, you would have a problem. Well, there were problems with latency. Latency is lag caused by... Interference in the modem, delay, you know, some kind of delay between your computer and the server that's telling uh, telling you where you are located. We were running through this area, following each other. We had never been there. Tim stopped, but the game didn't tell us Tim had stopped. And we were following, and it looked like to us that he went over the edge, well, we didn't know there was a cliff there. There's a cliff there. We didn't know it. He stopped. The game made it look like he kept going and went down. We all went down, all of us, except for Tim, because he had stopped. And we all went off the edge, and it was into a pit with these uh, scorpion-looking, half-man, half-scorpion things uh, that were really hard. They conned really high. And they were really hard to kill. You had to prepare. But because we fell in the middle of them, a few of us died when we hit the ground. Me uh, and one of the other people. I I think my other cousin was following me. Both of us died on impact. Uh, My cousin Alan, who I'll talk about in the future. My cousin Alan went over the side. He lived... Through the fall, he died from the Scorpions. And so we had to wait. Of course, Tim did not die. So Tim had to run around because he's a bard. He had the utility. He was able to run invisible to where we were. And they had this feature in the game, slash drag. And you could drag the corpse of whoever you were targeting. So he would target me and do slash drag and he made a macro, and he could drag me along the ground as long as he didn't run into anything because these were aggressive and they would kill him, he could drag, and he would drag us all to the edge and we were able to uh, res, which is uh, be brought back to life. Um, You have two options. You can res or you can appear back wherever your camp originally was and run all the way back there. It was so far away and there's so many things in the way. And it was so aggressive. Like I said, we had been going so fast with this bard song that it was just easier to res there. And, uh, bards don't have the ability to res, but clerics do. And that's what I was. I was a cleric. So he, he helped me get back and I was able to res each person back up. Um, like i said the balance how they balanced the game was incredible how they were able to uh give each class its own unique features and things to do about it that I've never seen it duplicated in any other game now or since uh in in now or in the past. There's nothing that's been close it's well it's a well thought out game as far as that goes. Like I said before, though, the the consequence of it being that balanced is that there is a lot of, um,
1: a lot of planning
0: that has to take place, and the, the world is dangerous, so. Um, there was also another incident with my cousin Alan, um, there was this area that you had to run through, and you could run, you could skirt around the outside, but it took a lot longer, and it was basically, the zone was basically a maze. And you could go along the outside of it, and it would take longer, or you could run through the center of it. The problem with the center of it is it had some very aggressive things in there, and there were a lot of dead ends, and there's not an easy way to get out of. One of the things in the middle were these eyeballs, they were literally floating eyeballs called Beholders. The Beholders have an ability. They had ability in MUDs. They have the same ability in Dungeon and Dragons. They could charm. Uh, when they charm, they take over your, your control. You basically, keyboard, mouse, no longer work. You, you are basically watching what's happening. And they would control you, and they would kill other people that were there. Um, using you, they wouldn't have to cast another spell. They would. It was crazy because I was w- sitting next to my cousin Alan. He gets taken over and he proceeds to hunt me down and kill me. Uh, I couldn't get away, and he's he's apologizing. He's like, "Steve, I'm so sorry. I can't help it." It's and I turn around and I watch on his screen, and it's like moving faster than a human could possibly move, and it like knew what to what his abilities were and were able to use him better than he could. Uh, and it was hilarious. We were dying laughing. I, I was trying to, as soon as I realized that he had become enchanted or charmed, I realized I was in trouble and I tried to run away. And a lot of times the biggest thing you're told not to do is just to die where you are, not run away. Cause you'll end up getting other people killed. Uh, but I panicked. I'd never had that happen to me before. Um, it was horrifying. And it was hilarious at the same time. He was shooting arrows at, into my back. You could see on his screen that he was shooting me in the back. But, um, you know, it's just, it adds to this, to this game. It just it, it creates some incredible moments and some incredible times. And uh, I was thinking about it today. Um, I started playing in 1996, and I played through, I believe 2004 is when I stopped playing. So, and the game is still alive. I mean, they're still making expansions. They're making a new expansion this year. So, it's incredible to think the amount of time that was spent, uh, even even. With that, there were no other games that, like, pulled me away from EverQuest. Literally, the game that pulled me away from EverQuest was the second part, EverQuest 2. I had to choose between EverQuest 2 and World of Warcraft. So, I'm going to eventually get to those, but I I wanted to still talk a little bit more about EverQuest and how much it meant as a game to me. Um, As a... As an aside, if my boys are listening, I'm the perfect example. Well, no, let me, let me, let me backtrack. I'm not the perfect example. I'm an example of why you can't necessarily <clears throat> believe what you see online. Because I realized early on that the females who played the game, the women who played really played that up, and they aren't, they got people to give them stuff, and I was like, you know what, that's not fair, that, that gives them an unfair advantage, I guess, if they play it up, so I didn't play it up, but I, I made a female character, and I played one to the best of my ability, um, I didn't try to get in, uh, I didn't try to act like I needed their help. I didn't try to pretend to be a girl. But I didn't pretend to not not be a girl either. So that just goes to show you, your dad is not a female, but he played one. He pretended to be one. So there you go. Uh, It wasn't a predatory type thing. It wasn't a situation where I tried to take advantage of anybody Nobody ever asked, and so I never told anybody. My friends knew, my cousins knew. <clears throat> I did get free stuff. People would just give you things. They almost like they felt sorry for you. I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. But I, like I said, there was no voice chat, it was all text. Uh, I didn't participate in any of the stuff I would consider inappropriate, but I did. Uh, I did have a female character, and I played it for a long time. So, let that be a lesson, boys. Not everything you... Not everything you see... Not everything you hear... Is real. So... Don't be fooled. I definitely don't want to find out... If either one of you had been suckered into believing something like that. Um, I did make a lot of friends, though. Um... I would consider friends. I would log in. The first thing I'd do is check to see if they were there. If they were there, I'd ask them what they're doing and try to go do stuff with them. Uh, the game was very much a um, you know, the game was very much geared toward making you want to group up with people. So, like I said before, there were a lot of camps the camps were made up of groups of people, well, their healer would have to leave. They would start looking for a healer as soon as the healer told them, hey, I'm going to have to go in half an hour. They would start looking for a healer. Um, or, as a healer, I could pop on and say, hey, I'm. there's no group here at Camp 3. Uh, anybody interested in joining up? And I would get people. And as soon as I had enough people to... Start fighting. I would invite friends over and say, "Hey, come over here. Let's let's take this camp." And we did that a lot. So it's good to it's good to know people. <clears throat> there was a guild on my server, probably considered the best uh, guild around. They were the most powerful, called Blood of the Spider. Uh, I changed guilds multiple times, moving up, you know, the guild would not be running raids or not be doing stuff, and so I would go to one that was a little bit bigger and just work my way up uh, with my friends. We just worked our worked our way in the organizations and um, learned to do things better, learned to be better, and I was in a top-tier guild, but... Even our top-tier guild was probably, probably maybe in the top ten of the server with Blood of the Spider on top. Uh, people who were in Blood of the Spider had the best gear in the game. They were idolized because they were able to accomplish things that nobody else was able to accomplish. Um, I remember when I saw anybody from Blood of the Spider... I just was like in awe, because you would read about them on the forums and stuff. You would know who they were just by the reputation. <clears throat> I had a guy in a guild that I was in that had moved to Blood of the Spider. Um, it, Their time zone matched with his time zone, and he was one of the best tanks I had ever played with. His name was Tubby McFat, and he was awesome. He was awesome to play with. And he moved on to blood of the spider and I could just watch him from afar. And I'd wave to him when I saw him in the bazaar or something. And he was a great guy. That's, that's, uh, have a lot of memories. I've tried to touch base with some of the people I played with before. And some of them I've been able to connect with my, my, um, guild leader on on one of the guilds I was in called, uh, voles volunteers. Uh, uh, volunteer of No, it wasn't Vengeance That's what it was Vengeance of Lost Souls So my guild leader uh, I'm friends with on Facebook So that's kind of crazy A uh, couple of the other people I played with In Vols uh, I've been able to meet up with uh, in Through Facebook Um and then they started a group on Facebook for people who were in, who played on the Wrath, and there's also one for Blood of the Spider. So it's pretty amazing that that has transitioned. Some of the people have gone back and are still playing. They've they've made new uh, new servers that were started from the beginning. So none of the expansions were open, and they they call them uh, Progress time-locked servers so they could play it from the very beginning as if they were starting over fresh. So, I mean, there were some incredible events that took place to, like, open the new sections. So, from what I understand, World of Warcraft is going to be doing the same thing starting this summer. So, I might be interested in doing that. But that's, nevertheless, Ever EverQuest, I could not go back and play. I've tried... It's too, um, it requires too much time, time that I can't dedicate to it. So, although I love it and I'll talk about it fondly and lovingly, uh, I also realize that there's a twinkle in my eye about how nostalgic I am about it. It definitely was not a perfect game, uh, but it, it was exactly what i needed and what i was looking for uh as a replacement for mudding um there are some zones there that are, are just hard to explain there are some that look like uh, egyptian temples uh that are guarded by snake people um they were absolutely it took hours and hours of fighting in there and you're building up faction while you're there And I told you before about having to learn the other languages. Well, that's one of the languages you could learn while you were there. If you spent enough time there, you would be able to speak that language. And it was just incredible. It was just an incredible time. So I think that's, uh, I'm hopefully keeping this one shorter than the last one. Um, But I hope you enjoyed my reminiscing of EverQuest. I'm going to put some sound files at the end of this. Please don't forget to check out my Patreon patreon.com forward slash base camp. If you want to support me, I already left my message for the boys. So I hope you have enjoyed my little trip down memory lane. There are many more stories I could tell, but for now, I think that covers what I wanted to speak about. So there will be no more EverQuest podcast for the near future. I got a lot of other stuff planned out. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later.